0: Inside each and every one of us, there is a desire to belong. To know that we can show up as we are, without judgment or justification. To know what it feels like to be wanted and longed for. To know the power of community. But what if each and every one of us had the power to create belonging from within? What if there were people already building spaces for you to be you? What if they believe so deeply in the power of connections, justice, collaboration, creativity, and empathy that they knew it could heal the world? That is where you belong. In the exploration of spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be free, there is a place where you belong. Welcome. We've been waiting for you to arrive. Hi there, and welcome to Where You Belong, the podcast where we explore spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be. My name is Anna Chapman, and I am your guide on this adventure. And today, I am so thrilled to have someone new to my community. I'm really excited to meet for the first time, Cheyenne Gill. Cheyenne is a photographer, body-positive boudoir photographer at that, who I have admired their work for so long. Cheyenne is, as I said, a photographer, an activist. And as we were talking, Cheyenne also said that she is still trying to figure out who she is and where she belongs. And so this is a really beautiful episode where we just kind of free flow and talk about that experience, but also talk about how Cheyenne creates these brave spaces for people to Come into their own and kind of tap into this sort of wild innate femininity, and that is a genderless quality that Cheyenne is hoping that everyone can kind of tap into. So I am really, really, really looking forward to how you enjoy this episode. So as always, you can reach out to me at I am Anna Chapman on Instagram or email me I am Anna Chapman at gmail.com. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about these amazing people that we get to have on the show and your experience of listening to how they find belonging and how that might impact you in your life and how you find belonging. And for this episode, I want to invite you to light a candle and get your space a little bit more prepared for you to just have an uber chill time. Maybe grab something to drink or something to smoke and just have like a nice evening because we really get into it and and really luxuriate in meeting for the first time and just kind of nerding out on what each other does. So without further ado, I'm going to let you enjoy this episode and enjoy meeting my new friend Cheyenne Gill. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Where You Belong. Today, I have the sweetest of angels, Cheyenne Gill, with me. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you're here. So up until this point, everyone who's been on the show has been someone that I've been like friends with and have spent in-person time. But today, I'm so excited that you're here because I have admired your work from afar. I have a bunch of students we're also your clients who rave about the magic of working with you. Shannon is a photographer and an activist and also just still trying to figure out who she is. And now I want who you am to I? tell us <laughs>
1: who you are and what you do and where yeah. you are. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your freaking kind words. Oh, of course. <laughs> I am in Philadelphia. And yeah, born and raised here, best city on earth. No offense. Um, Yes. (laughs) And um, yeah, I'm a body and fat positive boudoir photographer. And yeah, it was so funny. Yesterday I was just scrolling through Instagram and a few friends were posting some beautiful like babes who are fat in beautiful photographs. And I just, I love bodies. And I always have since I was a kid. I love like feminine women, not feminine women. I love women. And mm-hmm. then of course, as I grew older and realized that there weren't just two genders, feminine people, fluid people, just people I love. ugh. so anyway, um, <laughs> moving away from my serial killer vibes. <laughs> um, just I love, I love people. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but that's I, so beautiful to love bodies uh, because bodies yeah. don't get enough respect. It's so true. And, and you know, I, I was one of those people that never, I mean, I was, As I'm sure you and many people can relate to, from the time I was a little kid, I was very disconnected from my body and hated my body and was very confused about my body and why like the people in my life hated their body like everything. So bodies have been the center of my universe for my entire life. So it does feel really good to be able to really fully embrace like admiring other f- people's bodies yeah. even that <laughs> and also my own now that I was in a place to do that. So yeah, and it's
0: quite the journey, right? Because there's yes. And I kind of believe that we, when we're hyper-focused or obsessed with something at a young age, it's really priming us because there's a lot of really valuable material for us to grow into. Because I was always very hyper-focused on my body. And now I'm like, oh, what a gift to have found, to have started connected, gotten disconnected, and then have realized like, oh, this is the journey that I'm here for. It's like, find yes. this body again and again and all the ways that it shows up and changes.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I love that. And so you are in Philadelphia and you now have like a
1: studio collective? Ish. We have. Yeah, exactly. We have our big studio. And then in the same building, we started running a smaller studio. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't know even why. I was just like, I wanted to look at other spaces in the building and I was feeling on top of the world and I was like get my checkbook (laughs) we're doing this Um, you're like bring me my money and no one was there and you're like okay I'll just get it yeah exactly (laughs) literally yes Um, (laughs) so yeah now we have our second space and we shot in it once we haven't even gotten to use it yet so with everything going on you know things are definitely changing for our business and when I say are I'm talking about my team I have two awesome people on my team but you know things are changing which is super exciting and so yeah we're we're going to see what happens i've been doing this is my whole adult life that i've been doing this i've been doing this since i was 20 years old wow. and so yeah and so when i talk about the fact that i'm still figuring out who i am i know we all are all the time but i literally like don't know who i am outside of work i'm a capricorn wow. <laughs> and i yeah. just like so this downtime with the quarantine has been really honestly for me just beautiful Mm. slow time like I'm barely thinking about work and I'm just like totally taking care of me and what I feel like I need and yeah it's been really fantastic and so we're gonna see how the business is gonna kind of morph and transform and so yeah we do have two studios but I have no idea what the hell we're gonna do with the second studio
0: (laughs) as it should be because I feel like we have this wisdom that's like I'm doing this I don't know why and then it's so beautiful to see like what comes from it. Exactly, Um, I love the way you see fat bodies because there is such a Mm reverence in the way that you photograph them and just like set the stage. I love how it's like this minimal, but also very sort of feminine and like feminine for anyone who wants to tap into that. I feel like it's definitely not a gender thing, but more like, how do you find your flow and how do you find movement and stillness. And I think that the way I really started following you is because through yoga, I was really a big fan of Dana Falsetti. Mm -hmm. And then I found, and I was like, these photographs of her are so stunning and the space is beautiful. And then I like the breadcrumb of Instagram. And so I'm so curious what drove you to become a fat boudoir photographer. You spoke about sort of the relationship with your body, but like you could have done any kind of Mm -hmm. boudoir. What made you decide that you really wanted to like honor fat bodies and where did that sort of love for folks in that space come from?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. First of all, I just want to say that I was never diagnosed but definitely struggled with body dysmorphia my whole life. I thought I was fat. I thought I was in a fat body. I was yeah. not. <laughs> totally, was not it's, such mindfuck. it's such yes. a mind fuck. It's such a mind
0: fuck because this idea that fat is a feeling is like so real for so many people. Oh,
1: it's really bizarre because, um, this was even going into my like early twenties, even when I was already starting my business, I was like, Oh my God, just love yourself. And blah, blah, blah. like, I was one of those people It <laughs> was like, look at my <laughs> tiny little roles. Like I was not fat, <laughs> but when I looked in the mirror, I don't even know now yeah. I look back and I'm like, wow, I was ill. <laughs> um, it's
0: wild. Yeah. When you look back at a, if you have experienced any disordered eating or body dysmorphia or just being a human in this culture, you have this idea. And then looking back, it's like such a sobering moment to be like, whoa, what was I
1: seeing? Yes. And also why was I seeing it? Which for me, like I'm half Colombian and in our culture, (laughs) it is Very common for folks, specifically women, to get their entire bodies redone. It is very inexpensive there. It is very safe to do it there. So like growing up, I was like, oh, if I get fat, I'll just go to Columbia and get my body redone. That was like in my brain from a very young age. I watched a few of my aunts go and do it. My mom got a tummy tuck when I was 13. So like I was witnessing all these things. I was very confused about it because obviously, you know, to me, they were so beautiful and I didn't understand. And then I was also like, but I guess like what? I don't know. I guess I need to do that. So anyway, one our
0: mother our, our uh, the feminine figures, our mothers, our caretakers, our aunts, like those are the people who, as female identified people, we respect the most and we see ourselves and our dreams and goals in right, and so if they 're hating their bodies we 're like, "Oh, I should probably hate mine too, because my mom does and her sister does and Absolutely, XYZ yep. and it's
1: dads too, you know. Ab- it's oh, like, it's everybody. Oh, it's yeah. Obviously, people who present as women and who identify as women have it in another way. <laughs> but totally. men do my dad still, like it's still a thing in my family. It's a huge thing in my family constantly. So one of my aunts was super fat growing up, and her whole life she was super fat, and she was very not okay with it, always dieting and all that stuff. But I fucking loved laying on her and squeezing her and being on her fat belly. Like I loved that. And I think as I got older, I was extremely fat phobic, but at the same time, very much saw the beauty in everyone. And at that time, I framed it like... You're beautiful, you're not fat, you know, but um, completely as I yeah older, <laughs> as you get older, and I mean, I'll speak for myself as I got older, I of course learned about fat phobia, and that fat isn't a bad word, and that is really when, and this is like again, in my early twenties, that is really yeah. when I kind of was like, this is a group of people who I truly. <sighs> How do I put this without sounding like I'm going to show these people how beautiful they are? That's not what it is. It's completely, like, it's almost like it has to be that way right now because it's so unacceptable on a wider scale to like present fat bodies in this way or to allow people to celebrate themselves and to exist and to jingle yeah. and to just be. So anyway, when I think
0: when we. Usually when we have body dysmorphia, it's so isolated to our own experience of our own bodies mm-hmm. that we can see value, beauty, grace, compassion in everyone yes. else's bodies. Absolutely. We can see someone who might even be three times our size and still admire the, Wish, yes. how they carry themselves or whatever yes. the thing is, because it's so much more about the presence of the person. And like when we're so fixated on, Dieting, like we're not filled up with our essential beingness. We're like dumping it and dumping it and trying to fill it with this other thing.
1: Yeah, my whole thing was always like trying to look at other people to see if I looked like them. Like I could never. I didn't know. Yes. Like Like I. I Comparing. Yeah, and just being like, is my body like that? Like I don't know what I look like. Um, Completely. Yeah. I
0: used to really be identified with the fact that I needed to not be the largest person in the room. And if I was, then it was a problem. And so that was my gauge. And then as I got older and like started studying, I realized like, how could I even tell when I had no idea how my body actually exists in space Mm. because I was so like over it that not even the barometer become like that's also disordered absolutely because why are we comparing anyone no one looks like anyone else and that's like so special and cool
1: absolutely
0: so I'm wondering what are some things that you like to do to like I can imagine I know my first I've done a few I've never done a like a full-out boudoir photo mm-hmm. shoot Which I would love to come to Philly and like. Oh my God, have please. your experience. Okay, we're gonna make that happen. Yes. I also never been to Philly, so.
1: Oh my God.
0: Okay. I know. Come I just on. got. I just got to New York. I'm gently moving. Grew up in Hawaii. I'm trying to get. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> get east.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. what I can imagine, like I know the first time I did a nude shoot, I had to do a lot of self-talk mm-hmm. to remind myself, like okay, this is what it is. I need to just kind of be here for this experience. Yes, But I kind of did that myself for myself. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that as you've been doing this for a long time, that you have like a set of almost like rituals that you put people through or things that you help them get comfortable with. Yes. Can you tell me about some of those? (laughs) Is there like anything even people maybe could do before they like took a selfie of themselves
1: oh for sure okay so <sighs> my business in the beginning there was a huge disconnect between the folks who were booking me and the folks who were like following me on instagram and understanding what i was doing so at that time like you know fat was was very much more widely like a bad word these days yeah. you know thanks to instagram reclaiming, yeah exactly and again at that time i was still really you know indoctrinated into that culture for sure <laughs> yes
0: yes um, but either way
1: it, yeah exactly but the people that were booking me wanted photoshop they wanted they were like can i don't want to look la, la uh-huh. you know all the time and i had to be like well that's not what i do here yada yada like we're celebrating you so they were like yeah i want to celebrate myself but <laughs> you know yeah um, and so that sucked and eventually and honestly thanks to people like dana who we worked A lot together and we became really good friends and we shared each other's work through the following that dana had i was able to kind of get on a path to having folks the people who were viewing my work were now kind of getting it right people the kind of people who get it so with that in mind i started booking folks who were like i have hated my body my whole fucking life i am ready to just go for it i want to do this like let's do it So, the full other end, we went from Photoshop my
0: belly to (laughs) yes,
1: to to I'm ready to go. Yeah, (laughs) which is which is the I still get I'm getting goosebumps right now. It is the most amazing, incredible thing of all time. And that being said, those people. Still are super 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 nervous, and it's still yeah. like when they get there, they're like, "Oh shit! Like, what did I do? Why did I? Why am I doing this?" <laughs> yeah, um, and, been there, yeah, yeah. And I've been there too. Like, I love my body. I'm blah 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 all of that stuff. And I guess I'm gonna toot my own horn here for a second. Like, toot it, toot it. Thank you. I my (laughs) gift is making people feel comfortable. When I teach boudoir workshops to other photographers, the number one thing I want them to take away from my workshop is figuring out what their gift is and how they use their own personality and the way that they speak, the way that they touch, what they say, their body movements, how they use that to make folks feel comfortable. For me, mm-hmm. I am I am loud. I am jumping all over the place. I am very high energy. You're cursing like a sailor. Yes. I'm talking about buttholes. I'm swiping <laughs> boobs. I'm picking wedgies. Like things are happening. Yeah. You know? But you know, someone else might be really soft and sweet and quiet yeah. and tender. And so I think that just the way that my personality is and the way that I am, like folks who reach out to me, they know before they even email me that they trust me, they feel comfortable with me. And that's why they're emailing me for a shoot, you know? So, but then when they arrive at my studio, you know, it's a hug if they accept, you know, if they don't mind being touched and I do my best to just, you know, I ask them, how are you feeling? Like, are you excited? Most people are like, oh yeah, but I'm really nervous. (laughs) And I tell them, (laughs) And I say all the time, look how calm I am right now. I have your back. It's totally normal to be nervous. And I promise you two seconds into shooting, you're going to be like, oh my God, let's fucking do do this. Yeah. So it's really just a lot of reassurance. And I do offer a welcome. I mean, every client that books gets a welcome packet. And in that welcome packet, I mean, again, this is something that's really important to me in general is just, I want people to know that I'm here for them. And I know that, this is not something they do every day, but yeah. I do. I do this every day. So I am there completely to guide them through everything. In my welcome packet, I talk about nudity. I talk about bellies and belly hangs and jiggles and being comfortable Aww. in whatever you bring and all of that stuff. And that I've been told by some clients is something that really puts their minds at ease. I'm just one of those people, I don't beat around the bush about things. Like, Yeah. I always tell my clients this in the beginning of my career, I have clients in my little, at that point I was shooting in my parents' living room, (laughs) but I, (laughs) in my little makeshift studio, but like a nipple might pop out. And at that point I'd be like, um, like your nipple is out. Like, is that okay with you? And that like some folks would be like, oh my God, no, like I want to cover And other people would be like, yeah, I don't care. And so now I'm just like, hey, if your nipple pops out, do you want me to tell you or do you not care? I love it.
0: I love it. You've (laughs) learned all
1: the ways to like, oh God, cut
0: off that.
1: Well, it's like, you sound sound like a shame buster. For sure. I think, oh my God, you know what? Yes, that (laughs) is totally it. Because when I'm shooting, like, you know, I'm wearing like biker shorts and, you know, a little dress. My ass is popping out everywhere. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just fun. Like, I just, all I desire is for people to feel comfortable walking into my studio, getting naked and knowing that this is totally normal here. And mm. I don't care if your boobs are swinging from side to side. If when you walk, if the whole building is is rumbling, like, this is what we do here. And I love that. Um, And you you wanted to rumble. Like you're giving people this experience. exactly.
0: And it sounds like kind of like letting people get a little wild and be a little uninhibited, but also Mm -hmm. like celebrating. For sure. I have a dear friend, my friend Kathy Carlisle. She doesn't do a ton of photography, but she's an amazing photographer. And when Mm -hmm. she, that's like her healing modality when she does it. And she did my first couple of photo shoots. And I didn't even know I was going to be doing a lot of photos. It was like very divine. It felt like I was like, whoa, I got this training in how to be seen in front of a camera. Yes. And her whole thing was, it's about this experience right now. Who gives yes, a shit what comes about out, the out of it? Exactly. And she did this thing. It was like the most beautiful thing. It's like something I do every time. She would have us pick an affirmation of like, I am... Whatever I wanted to kind of like step into, like powerful, sexy, gorgeous, whatever the thing is. And then she would be like, okay, feel the feeling. And then we when we'd open our eyes, she'd like she would say, Now paint that feeling onto the lens. Oh my God. I know. Try it. Kathy Carlisle invented this method. Wow. (laughs) Trademark. But it was a beautiful thing to get to almost own a part of it. Like I'm showing up to meet yeah. myself in this moment. But she also is like an immense shame buster for me in my life. And so when we would get into the studio, it would be like I'd fart or something. And she would just make me feel so comfortable and so natural. And like, yeah. Everybody does that. And, and as you're talking, I just have this sense of like, that's what you want when you get naked is you want to be Help supported and grounded in that experience you don't want someone to be like I'm really uncomfortable with your body so you need to be extra comfortable so that we well literally
1: there are people out there that that. Like the stories I've heard are terrifying. And just as a human being in general, like what the fuck are you doing? You know? I mean, we don't have to get into that, but (sighs) I I could- That's not where you belong. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. I mean, I've had clients that come to me and 10 years ago, they had a boudoir session that ruined their fucking life. You know what I mean? And they're still, it's still on their mind. Like it sounds so silly, but the experience really can make or break someone's stuff. It's really important to, it's a very intimate, obviously, exchange of energy. And a lot of my clients are like, Cheyenne, you're the only person that has ever seen me in my underwear or naked, aside from my partner or whatever. And it's really powerful. And it just truly is just such an honor to get Mm -hmm. to witness people in this way. And one of the coolest things to me is like, for the most part, I have never met any of my clients before. So this is the only way that I know them. You know what I mean? And it's so... Oh
0: my God, talk about deep relationships.
1: Yeah. It's, That's um, so
0: beautiful.
1: It's really rad. Oh yeah. I, love that.
0: <laughs> I have a question for you. And this is like kind of piggyback to what we were talking about. So mm-hmm. in your studio, what are three things that have to be there? Either it could be like something... Intentional, emotional, physical, like it can be anything. It can even be like water. But okay. like what are three things that have to be there for you to be like, okay, my clients are gonna feel like this is for them?
1: Okay. Furniture that can hold fat bodies, comfortably Thank God, yes. <laughs> Which is so <laughs> obvious, but I
0: love when people say it because it's actually not obvious unless
1: it's you not, struggle with it. It's not obvious. I mean, it's something that I had to learn. The body I'm in right now is the fattest body I've ever been in, and I am extremely small fat. And I have not had the experiences that fat people have had. That is how did you
0: learn to do that? What was there an experience where you made a mistake, or was someone like, "Hey, this is something you need
1: to know"? I really learned through just following fat folks on Instagram, and you know, being friends with fat people because it's really not something you think about. It obviously, if you're not experiencing it, but. It's just stuff that I've had to learn, and thank God it was not because of a mistake. Oh, that yeah. I, made. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you—you know, you, you got to learn from your own experience instead yeah. of having
0: someone who's in that marginalized space have to have that. Absolutely. But I also love what you just said about like I have fat friends who were able to just by being around them and understanding them, and I think that's the most important thing for any Absolutely. brand. Yeah or person who wants to work with a specific group of people, like you have to know, understand, and learn about them, and care yes. about them, and care about their needs. And that's how yes. you're going to provide what they need
1: versus... Absolutely. I, Just being a a, yeah. having to be a marketing ploy of like, exactly. oh, look, I have fat people in my portfolio or whatever. Which is um, yeah. also so, like, fat
0: people really respect and trust influencers and social media brands who share what they do and why they do it, because mm. there's so much bait and switch in the marketing Oh, absolutely. That it's so nice to know that you're doing,
1: I mean, of course you are. But it's true. And it's the same thing. I have people ask me, like other photographers ask me all the time, and this is going to sound really bad. They ask me, Trayan, how do you get so many Black clients? And I say, what do you mean? <sighs> So it's this, like, I do the work and I actively, and not just with fat phobia, but with internalized racism. Again, I grew up Colombian, like, Colombian people think they're the shit. Colombian people talk shit on all other kind of Latin folks and it's shitty. And I have black friends and I have queer friends and I have fat friends.
0: Exactly. And those are the people that come to you because they know that you're going to hold space for them in the way they Absolutely. need to hold space for. Not, you're not going to know how to take care of them, and they're going to have to do a bunch of emotional labor to therapize themselves right. after they had a bad experience.
1: Right. I have fucked up plenty of times, and I have feel it is my absolute nightmare to make anyone feel terrible. So yeah. I tried to work as hard as I possibly can to ensure that I'm not being a fucking <laughs> shithead. <laughs> and
0: acknowledging and owning up to when you are or you make a mistake and I think that's something that like especially white people I'm saying because I am white like get really Mm -hmm. nervous about well I made a mistake I don't want to make it worse but it's like avoiding it ignoring it Mm -hmm. it just (laughs) continues that feeling on you have to get uncomfortable you have to acknowledge you made a mistake and then you can grow
1: from it oh yeah It blows my mind when specifically like influencers on Instagram, anyone really, but people who have a large following who are, how do you explain this? I don't know. They act like children when someone kind of confronts them with an issue that they're having. And it's like scary. It is because it's like you have a responsibility to people. And I think
0: that's why it can be a problematic space because it's not as if someone in that position is trained to be in that position. Exactly. And if they're not doing their own work, then it it's can, all it can get yeah. messy.
1: It can get super messy. It, I mean it's the you know the authenticity factor. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so. And I love that when you work with other photographers and you do training, that you really want to help them find what their special thing is versus teaching them what your special thing is. Because that's not as authentic as like Maybe they are soft and people are like, I need to be held softly. And that's like the perfect place for them to go. And it's the same with yoga. Like I never ever want anyone to think like I am the teacher you go to because Mm -hmm. my class is like very specifically catered to what I like (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what I think that I want to share. And I love that there's so many others that people can go find the teachers that they like. And then if you like exactly. a break, like you break, or if you're like, I want to do a playful
1: wild shoot, like you could do one with Shane and then you go somewhere else and you're like, I want to do well, this. Well, that's like- exactly. I have one of my best friends was a boudoir photographer for a long time and is in Philadelphia as well. And people would ask me like, are you guys like really friends? And I'd be like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I remember the first time. So we had never had... This happened before, but someone booked a boudoir session with me, and then the mm-hmm. same person booked one with her. <gasps> before... I love that. Yeah. So we were like, wait, didn't that person book you? And blah, 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 blah. And then they booked me again, and then they booked her again. And <gasps> that person has become our friend. But basically, oh my God, cute. <laughs> I know. Basically, she just loved both of our work for different reasons and liked working with each one of us. And that, I've always been like community over competition, and then um, of course there were times where I'd secretly be like, "Oh man, like why didn't they want to book me?" But that experience really just solidified the fact that like, "Oh damn!" Like,
0: um, and to come back to both of you twice is like such a beautiful reminder. Oh my god, like, she has come back like enough, you know
1: she has worked with each of us like six times. It's insane. Oh she is so cool. She's, She's an MVP. <laughs> yes, she sure is. She's awesome. But that's the thing is like, and you know, I don't know if. You know who Terry Hofford is she's another fat positive boudoir photographer she's awesome based in Canada yeah and the two of us have teamed up to do a workshop hopefully it'll happen in September and she and I were talking and it's the same thing Terry does super like awesome she does like beautiful neon photos and is much more like editorial like yeah like editorial style And so while we do do very similar things, our work is so different. I know for a fact that she's also very high energy too, but at the same, it's a totally different experience. You know what I mean? And it's important to like do what you do and figure that out and use your strengths and run with them. It's the most cliche thing of all time, but your biggest superpower is that you are you and no one else is you. That's so real. And I don't think we hear that enough. Yeah. And even though it is cliche, like it felt nice
0: to hear that again. Oh, it's good. yeah. Sometimes you need to, I have to remind myself. Yeah. Also, I'm the queen of tangents. So I'm going to bring us back. So you yes. said first thing would be fat positive seating. Oh, it yes. You can hold people. So. People can move around <laughs> on it. No, no, It's perfect. This is how I want them to go, like natural. Okay. What's yes. your second
1: thing? Let's see. I guess my makeup artist who Ooh. is a very special person and is just one of the loves of my life anna who so anna oh, great name yes <laughs> But it is, but it is. It really is. Um, It is such a beautiful, like, lovely, classic theme. Anyway, okay, so Anna is really a special human being. And like I said, she does about 99% of my clients. So if you've been to my studio for a boudoir session, chances are Anna did your makeup. Anna is just such a, like, calming, lovely, presence. So basically the first thing my clients do when they walk in is hop in her chair. And so I need someone that's going to be sweet and kind and loving and warm. And Anna is that. And not only that, she does crazy gorgeous makeup that is very natural and lovely. And all of our clients love what she does. So I love that. Yeah. Anna for sure. And what else? So seating people can sit
0: in. I know. But it's so good because I think if we can share more of this, then people can hear it and then they can yeah. infuse it. So You're it's so that positive tight. seating. And then it's mm-hmm. someone who's like the concierge of holding yes. and also yeah. able to make people just like feel really gorge.
1: Yes. I um, love that. God, this is really a hard question it's inclusivity in general that is really important to all are welcome. your body is welcome every bit of you is welcome yes
0: yeah I love that so it's like a general vibe that like this space you're allowed to be here you can come as you are you can do what you need to do and it's a space for you yes I love that Thank you. And I think that like, if more people could understand that, like, sometimes we don't even need physical things to make the space feel good. It's about how we greet someone or how we ensure that they know what to do next. Like, I love that you Mm -hmm. said that about the email, because I know that I always had to go really early to my classes because all my students would be a little nervous, especially the new ones. And then Mm. they would come early. And I wanted to make sure they had a moment before we started for me to be like, hi, this is who I am. This is what we do. Here's the props. I mean, as time went on, I got crazy busy and I got worse and worse at being early because that is one of my not superpowers is being on time. Mm. But then I like would select a student and that student would always like greet people. And so it's like, we can do things to make spaces feel more welcoming without even having to change the physicalness of the place. Absolutely. It's so great. I was going to shift us,
1: but do you have any other thoughts on that? No, I don't think so. I think you okay, just, great. I just love what you said. Yeah. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. I'm having the best time.
1: Oh my God. I I'm, love
0: you. <laughs> I can't wait to hug you. <laughs> I cannot wait. Now I'm like looking for trips to Philly in yeah. 2021 probably. <laughs> Okay so now's my money maker question and this mm-hmm. is my favorite one because it could be ridiculous or it could be super solid or it could be just like here's my Oh my god I can't dreams.
1: wait. I have my answer. All right go you ahead. You do.
0: Okay, I'm ready. If you could change one thing about the world to make it feel more welcoming
1: for you, anything at all, what would it be? Get rid of white supremacy. That would just take care oh, of so many things. Eradicate so much
0: nonsense. Yes. Oh yes, I'm here for this answer. I have yeah. loved Hearing everyone's, I love. So tell me about. Just give me a little synopsis of why you chose that. I mean, I mean,
1: obvious, I was but. well, yeah. I mean, I was just trying to think of like you know. At first, I was like, oh, capitalism, and then I was like, but wait. <laughs> Just like trying to dig to the root of evil, which is white supremacy. Yeah. Um, and the reason why my Colombian culture gets their bodies done is because of white supremacy and, yeah. you know, every, just everything, obviously.
0: European beauty standards are so crazy. I didn't even understand it because I grew up in Hawaii and everything in Hawaii is kind of catered to like most Asian cultures, just naturally. Right. And so I was like, oh, this is just probably the norm here. And then when I left, I was like, there, you could get so many things from so many different cultures. And then here, you just try to get like hair care products for different yeah. kinds of hair. There's like four kinds. For non-white hair. And yep. then there's like 73 for white hair.
1: Or just and even tra- like trying to find a makeup artist or a hair artist who can work on any kind, like different kinds of skin tones, yes. different hair textures. I mean, it's bonkers. <laughs> it's really wild. It truly is.
0: Well, I can't wait for your dream to come true because it would flip the world upside oh. down and it would just, yeah. Let's all take a moment for
1: <laughs> Yes. That's Ugh. just put femininity in power and just, mm, just, ugh. I have so many feelings. I was just having a Zoom call the other day with a couple of friends and we were talking about starting a commune. A friend of mine had a friend who grew up on a plot of land with like three other families and they weren't a total commune. Like they weren't, yeah. but they all just like took care of each other's kids and they had their own little community garden that they ate from. And oh like, my gosh. The kids are all pretty much feel like they're siblings together, like just really awesome concept. And anyway, we were kind of fantasizing about that kind of experience because my husband and I have been trying to have a kid for a long time. And it is really scary when you like really want to start a family, but also the world is the way that it is. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't even have a child and I understand why people shelter their children. (laughs) Totally. um, yeah, just getting rid of capitalism. And I have felt really guilty for saying the fact that like during this downtime, I love not working, but it's the truth. And I hate that I feel guilty about it. But the reality is like humans aren't supposed to go as hard as we go. Yeah. And I mean, I am like non-stop. Totally. Me too. I've been that way yeah. as well. and. A burnout. I literally developed a disease because of the stress wow. <laughs> that I yeah. that I have. But um, it's just this rest is just such a gift. Even though I again feel really super guilty saying that during a time where folks are ill One. and dying, <laughs>
0: but it's It's really hard because there's so many everybody's talked about this a little bit, but just like there's so many different experiences and like yeah. there's a lot of very I'm super privileged to be able to be home right now
1: exactly um, I feel the same way. I have no income, but I'm glad same. that I'm like <laughs> you know able to to be home safe and same
0: yeah, and I think that like we also have to remember that It even took me a minute to calm my nervous system down enough to feel the benefits of slowing down. Absolutely, yeah. Like I almost was like fighting it tooth and nail until I got to that point of like, okay, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing I can worry about. There's legitimately nothing I can do to change it right now. I'm going to be with myself because I think that's the thing that's so easy to want to do is to continue to avoid ourselves in our houses For sure. as well. Oh, yes. And there's a new show on Netflix. I don't know if you like animated shows, but it's called Midnight Gospel. It's funny because I'm like, as I'm doing this podcast, it's about this character named Clancy who makes a space cast. And it's basically like a, an animated podcast of these like amazing conversations that he's having with these different planets and these different life forms but they're like talking about death and and mindfulness and reincarnation and existential dread yeah highly recommend I was like I don't think I could even take this in on a normal time because I would just be going so much and on my phone and watching and on the computer and like I've slowed down so much to where I'm like oh I can actually feel what I need again a little Mm. bit more whereas before I was kind of like Ah, it looks like a meal time. I must eat to continue yes. to sustain and power <laughs> to the next meeting. And now I'm like, That's, yeah. oh, maybe I'll not. Or maybe I'll cook something different. or Like, it's just there's more... Curiosity. Like, we have the
1: space to be curious. And that's something that's really hard for me because I have this story about myself that I suck at learning because when I was a young person, like, school was super easy for me and other teachers loved me and all that bullshit. And I got by, like, with A's and in honors and AP classes and whatever. And I don't know how to learn anymore. I don't know. What happens when
0: you... Do you, like, stop because maybe it feels like it, you might not be good at it. Cause that's what I learned about myself. Oh, absolutely.
1: First of all, yes. <laughs> I was I, like, I'm not going to be great I, at this the first time. Yeah, <laughs> Done. I can't like if, Oh, cause I'm like really interested in like herbal medicine. And as soon as I see like a Latin word for a plant, I'm like, well, this is over. I can't memorize that. I talk about this in therapy all the time when I was, a, you know, I was a very talented artist growing up drawing and painting and everything. So everything has always been like, look, mommy, look what I can do. (laughs) You know, like, look how good I am. And then growing up and even with my business, like I was so young when I kind of got a lot of like notoriety for what I do. And now that I'm getting like, I mean, I just turned 29. I don't care about that anymore. (laughs) Like that, um, it's very bizarre. And now that I'm like feeling ready to learn something new or to try something new, obviously, especially during a time like this, I'm like sitting down to do it. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm never going to be good at this. Or, oh, it's going to take four years for me to be good at this or whatever. And I like shut down about it. I am someone who really just needs to like day by day do one thing at a time and very much be mindful of that because otherwise I'm like, I'll quit immediately.
0: I love that. I love that awareness because that feeling can be so strong and so automated that we're like, okay, I'm not doing it. I remember a couple of years back, I was like, I'm going to learn the conga jumps. And so I got a teacher and I got some congas and I I was like, this shit's hella hard. But I was like, maybe because it's a hand drumming, it'll be easier. But <laughs> what I loved was my teacher kept being like, "Why are you getting frustrated?" And I'd be like, "It's really hard." And she's like, "Yeah." And why are you getting frustrated? I'd be like, "Right." Yeah. And she's like, "Do you, have you ever drummed before?" I was like, "No." And she was like, "Well, then how would you?" And she like was yeah. such a great teacher because she kept me doing work, and I really believe I wasn't—I didn't need to do the drums. I just was there to learn how to learn again a little bit more because. Yeah. It's not something that has sustained, but that lesson continues to be like when I get frustrated, or like even with this podcast, I'm like, oh, it sounds better every time. Then I'm sad that the beginning episodes don't sound as good because oh, it's good of audience. Yes. And I'm like, who fucking cares? These are like great conversations
1: that anyone can access. Like it's fine. That's so funny. I can totally relate to that. I feel like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> My gosh! Well, the time feels like it's flown by. Yes, it has. I am
0: super grateful that you said yes to this conversation because oh I gosh. feel like you're. Oh, there oh, she goes! Oh my Bye. gosh! Yes, we have a little friend, a little. Pop. There's Penny. Yeah. Oh, Penny's here, just <laughs> taking her space. <laughs> um, but I just I feel like what you're doing is so great, and I want more people to know, and also to just like know that you are out there teaching workshops and also don't know who the fuck you are. I think that's really nice for people because I think when we see a lot of social media, we think... People who have more influence or a lot of following, they have it all together and, da, da, yeah. and we're
1: all fucking messes. Oh, Every yeah. one of us I are have, humans. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, am, I tell people that all the time. I do not want anyone to get it mixed up. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah but thank, thank you so much I would and truly honored to, to be on your show and to just get to have a conversation with you and I really can't wait to hang out oh my god this it's happening all. I feel I it I'm ready oh yeah and Me too, my friend.
0: okay let's we have one thing we have to discuss before we go this oh yeah a bonus
1: do you do things in Portland you've come to Portland to run a retreat right we did Dana and I did a couple of retreats, and one of them was in Manzanita, Oregon. Manzanita, um, yes. Yes, and we don't plan on doing any more retreats. So I have come to Portland in the past to shoot, and mm. I love Portland. Fun when fact: I, need I to make something happen. Yeah, I hate traveling. I oh, am that's real. one of one of those weirdos who hates traveling I guess (laughs) I am such a homebody and so anyway but my husband and I do love Portland so that is not out of the question yeah for me to come and
0: I might need to come out to Philly because I need a pretzel right um you need a
1: pretzel do you eat meat or do you not eat meat yes
0: oh I eat meat
1: okay cheese steaks yes Okay. okay 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 we're gonna let's plan something and
0: I'll, you can take me around philly and then you oh, can come yeah. to portland and i'll take you around perfect, perfect and then perfect, we'll perfect.
1: include some fat babes and make it a thing yes okay. we can have a lingerie party at <gasps>
0: oh my god cute okay great yes, yes and then yes. here we can do something cute and bougie perfect oh thank you so much for being on the show cheyenne you are thank you for having a me. literal angel oh my god and this has been such a lovely conversation. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for I listening, everybody. Too. Thank
1: you so much, Anna and everybody. Love you all. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.